0: Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy.
1: And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Sidney Bennett. Oh, oh, I think we forgot to tell the uh, announcer lady. <laughs> Hi, Sid. Looks like we're going to be changing things up a bit today.
2: That's right. Terry Candid is away, so I'm filling
1: in. Well, that's good. It should be fun. So let's dive right in. Our focus today is on, fanfare please, music, or what we're calling Beauty and the Beast.
2: That's right. The material we'll present and we'll be discussing today includes portions of a truly groundbreaking lecture by Elizabeth Kerr-Poffitt on the science of rhythm.
1: Oh, and this is obviously a subject that warrants an entire year's focus, not just one isolated radio show. So
2: maybe we'll do more on the subject.
1: Well, if that's what our listeners want, then we'll surely devote more time to this vast and challenging subject.
2: Well, no time like the present for a little plug for audience feedback. Oh, good for you, Sid. Plug away. Okay. (laughs) Please send your comments and suggestions for possible upcoming show subjects to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org.
1: Oh, thanks, Sid. I appreciate the plug. Now, to music. The poet William Congreve is famously quoted as having written that, quote, music hath charms to soothe the savage breast.
2: And he is just as often misquoted (laughs) as having said that music can soothe the savage beast. (laughs) Well, what is it?
1: Right. Well, from our own experience, we know that music can be both beautiful and beastly. And today's show title, Music, Beauty, and the Beast. You know, which you will notice is a statement, not a question.
2: Right. And both musical experiences, beautiful and beastly, are not only the ear of the beholder.
1: You know, no, unfortunately, music's effects go far deeper than that. Um, Numerous studies have proven that music has the power to affect us at the cellular level and beyond. Certainly much deeper than the listener's ear.
2: In fact, music's influence routinely reaches all the way to the soul. Oh, yeah. And herein lies the real issue. What kinds of music are you allowing to reach the depths of your soul? Is the music you are charging your conscious with beautiful or not? And this is not a trivial question. Oh,
1: no, it certainly is not. Uh, in Elizabeth Clare Prophet's book, The Creative Power of Sound, we find this remarkable statement, quote, sound holds the key to the creation of the universe, unquote. Sound is not simply one of the keys or one of the contributing factors to creation itself. It actually holds the key to the creation of the universe.
2: That's incredible, Tom. (laughs) So, of course, it's no wonder that this focus on the power of sound is anything but trivial. It's actually quite central. Mm -hmm. This leads to an obvious conclusion about the quality and effect of sound that is being produced, which takes us back to the point we were making just a moment ago about the choices of music we allow to enter our consciousness. Beautiful music will create beautifully.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. And beautiful music has beautiful qualities. Proper rhythm, volume, harmony, pleasing textures and themes. Classical music certainly fits this description.
2: By obvious contrast, music that is rhythmically overbalanced, discordant, and harmonious and chaotic can have an effect that, well, is num- <laughs> numbing, exhausting, mesmerizing, inharmonious, and chaotic. <laughs> Well, you get the pick, get the idea. Uh, And a lot of hardcore rock and roll, Tom, fits into this category. Yeah,
1: you know, and this um, point of view is central to the debate that has raised for decades about the relative value or lack thereof of rock and roll music. And does it really have that powerful of an impact on our bodies, minds, and souls?
2: As we said, this is a rather volatile subject, but hey, it's only (laughs)
1: rock and roll. Yeah. How often have we heard that? It's only rock and roll makes it sound so innocent and seemingly trivial. That's exactly what they would have us believe. It's only rock and roll. It's innocent. It's just a simple, harmless diversion. Until
2: you become aware of just how damaging it can be to body, mind, and soul. It should come as no surprise to anyone. There's been known for a long time that music has an effect on the brain. Yep, Music can soothe and it can stimulate. Music can make you cry and make you laugh. It can bring you into a reflective mood in which the mind ponders, thinks, and reasons. You know,
1: and by the same token, music can <clears throat> overstimulate, confuse, and finally paralyze the thinking and reasoning center of the brain, leaving an effect of feeling intoxicated and drugged. And so who are they who would have us believe that rock and roll is harmless?
2: Well, not surprisingly. It's <laughs> the, uh, none other than the false harki the fallen angels, the fallen ones, oh. the forces of darkness, <laughs> and unfortunately, are abroad on this land.
1: They are indeed, you know, and what do we seem to to you but we come back to this dark crew over and over again
2: well we do and with good reason they've been busy turning rock and roll into the most one of the most prosperous industries in the world its superstars have incomes that easy eclipse those of all but a handful of the world's most successful industrialists and businessmen
1: you know and it's everywhere from packed sports arenas to commercials that peddle everything from sports shoes to alcohol from movie and television soundtracks to restaurants department stores and even health spas Everything today seems to march to the rhythm of rock and roll.
2: It's pervasive. It's everywhere.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, an article that recently approved in a excuse me appeared in a national magazine made this point, quote, Rock's sheer pervasiveness makes it the most profound value shaper in existence today. Unless you are deaf, it is virtually guaranteed that rock music has effected, affected your view of the world, unquote.
1: Yeah, and that was from a, a National Review um, article, too, that was quite extensive about this. Um, another guy, Dr. David Alkind, in his book, The Hurried Child, noted that one of the most underestimated influences on people today is the music industry. Young people wake up to rock music. They drive to it, play to it, study to it. They even go to sleep to it.
2: In fact, studies have shown that between the 7th and 12th grades, the average teenager will listen and watch 11,000 hours of rock music and rock videos, Mm. more than twice the time they will spend in class. That's a rather jaw-dropping fact.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm picking at my jaw right now. Um, The controversy surrounding the potentially damaging effects of rock and roll music is really nothing new. Thousands of years ago, a Chinese emperor named Shun, would routinely monitor the health of the provinces of his vast kingdom by simply examining the music they produced. Coarse and sensual sounds indicated a sick society, one in need of his intervention and assistance.
2: Thousands of years later, Plato said, When modes of music change, the fundamental laws of the state change with them. Ooh. In his work entitled Laws, Plato wrote this Through foolishness, they, the people, deceived themselves into thinking that there was no right or wrong in music that it was to be judged, good or bad, by the pleasure it gave, mm. quote. And that's largely how rock and roll is seen today, through the lens of the perceived pleasure it brings. But under this superficial view lies an ocean of pain, negativity, depravity, even death, affecting the very core of mankind's character. You
1: know, in fact, Plato's contemporary, Aristotle, made this very distinct point, quote, Music has the power to form character, unquote. Even Vladimir Lenin weighed in here, who, of course, we know as the co-founder of communism and one of history's greatest experts on subversion and revolution. He said, one quick way to destroy society is through its music.
2: That's right, changing laws, forming character, and toppling societies. Most of us are not used to speaking about music in such expansive terms, but this is the very essence of the point we want to make today. Whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, Music has an enormous impact on the body, mind, and soul of man.
1: You know, and this impact is felt on other levels of life besides our own. Many studies have shown that plants, for example, respond positively to classical forms of music, actually growing and flowering faster than if there was no music at all. On the other hand, more dissident and discordant forms of music, like heavy metal, can actually retard growth and even kill the plant.
2: Wow. And huh. if it can do that to a plant, what is it doing to us? Good question. The musicologist, Dr. Adam Neist. Who has studied the effects of music on people said, quote, "It is really a powerful drug. Music can poison you, lift your spirits, or make you sick without knowing why." And it was quote, "And it has been proven without a doubt that certain kinds of rock make it harder to think and to learn."
1: You know, and on the emotional level, few can deny music's power. Robert Schumann, the great composer, called music quote, "The perfect expression of the soul." Unquote. You know, we could go on and on with this, but here's the sobering reality virtually nobody takes music's inherent power and potential to manipulate very seriously even the word music itself denotes a spiritual dimension well just
2: as we said at the onset of today's program that sounds hold the key to sound holds the key to the creation of the universe yeah. music is the language of languages musicologist david tame put it very succinctly when he said quote of all the arts there is none more power, that more powerfully moves and changes the consciousness
1: You know, I think this statement is a good place to bring today's program back into spiritual focus. Now, you can agree or disagree that that rock music is harmful, but you must admit that it is pervasive and powerful, and that beat, rhythm, lyric content, and energy penetrate to the innermost levels of our being. So just as you would be careful about what you eat, you might want to consider being more careful about what you allow to enter your brain and your nervous system.
2: And you know what? We haven't even touched on the lyric content of modern rock oh. and roll. And, you know, if you look at it, much of it is depraved, chaotic, negative, and satanic, oh. yet clothed in apparent innocence.
1: Yeah, you said that word, satanic. Oh, boy.
2: You know, Tom, the fastest-growing subculture among American teams is Satanism, and many direct ties have been made between this and hardcore rock and roll.
1: Whew, well, that's another semester altogether, isn't it? Yeah. Let's take a breather right now and use this opportunity to play an excerpt from an amazing lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled The Science of Rhythm. This is the first of two segments of that lecture that we'd like to share with you today. We'll play another excerpt from this segment later on. Here it goes.
3: The goal of life for your soul and my soul is that liberation whereby we find the bliss of communion in the eternal light. Out of this union in the ancient past have come forth great golden age cultures. In the mists beyond Lemuria and Atlantis, before the records even of time and space, we learn of civilizations where. The soul has risen through the soundless sound in the name of the OM to that plane of God realization whereby the I am that I am has been realized as the real self. Within the culture that has come forth out of that real self is the harmony, the rhythm the rhythm of the mother flame. As the mother flame leaps to join with the principle of the Trinity of life, of power, wisdom, and love, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is born then the four sides of the base of the pyramid of life. And out of this pyramid comes the dynamic force of living the Maha Kali the great mother of the universe her energy is sealed within our own body temple and by the intonation of sound we release this energy and thus fulfill this creative round the mother with her counterpart is the creator, the sustainer, and the destroyer of life in matter as Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are these three in spirit. The perfect rhythm of the art forms and the cultures, recorded even in the race unconscious, speaks of the rhythm of the stars, of galaxies within molecules of cellular life, all moving to this great rhythm of the spheres in the stillness of the flame that is perpetual motion. Priests and priestesses who tended the flame of mother on the altars of Lemuria knew the sacred science of sound and of rhythm. There were 12 temples to the mother surrounding the central altar. These temples are located on what is now known as the ring of fire surrounding the Pacific. Some then were on our own coast. In these temples then, the raising of the mother light released the focal point of the divinity of God in manifestation in the heart. There came... A darkening era of rebellion against the light of the mother, a perversion of the flame as priests and priestesses perverted both the sound and the rhythm. By the misuse of sound and rhythm, cataclysm was unleashed from this Mahakali, the mother force and thus the ancient memory of the sinking of the continent of Lemuria by fire and volcanic eruption. This activity then resulted in the loss of the fires of mother upon the temple altar. For 12,000 years, we have not known the presence of this flame enshrined in our temples. But during this period, God has sent avatars east and west to reveal the trinity of the masculine principle until once again we could call forth the mother light through the sound and the word and its intonation and by that mother light restore to man and woman the full potential of the soul.
1: Ah, boy, that's a good taste. and We'll get more of that in a few minutes because when we return we'll hear another excerpt from this groundbreaking lecture from elizabeth claire prophet on the science of rhythm please stay with us
0: the voice america seventh wave channel seek greater awareness on the spiritual quest our upward journey hinges on four basic questions who am I why am I here where am I going how do I get there who are you you are a spiritual being a child of God and when you recognize this your whole world changes for the better no matter where you are or who you're with the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher why are you here to master your human nature Fulfill your divine purpose and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
1: And welcome back, everyone. What you are about to hear is another excerpt from the absolutely remarkable lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the science of rhythm. Enjoy.
3: Out of the Mother Flame comes the rhythm of all rhythm. The Mother Flame is located in the base chakra at the base of... Of the spine it is a white sphere of light sealed until we meditate upon this energy for its rising upon the spinal altar as these petals begin to turn by the action of our meditation and the sounding of the word they manifest the rhythm of life four four three four six eight two four twelve eight, five four, seven four and twelve four, the basis of four is coming out of the mother as fire, air, water and earth, the foundation of our pyramid of life. We will hear this rhythm, we will meditate upon this rhythm, as the sound of the drum marks the time and the space of the coming of the mother. Beginning with the four four time we feel the release of mother energy in a disciplined cycle and the wheel of the chakra begins to turn Out of the turning is produced the three quarter time that is the beating of the heart. The three quarter time is the rhythm of Alpha and Omega in the Tai Chi, whirling in the center of the heart. Out of this whirling energy, worlds are framed. The 6-8 time gives us the rhythm of the soul, reflecting the three-quarter time of the heart. the vision of the soul through two-four time, the two petals of the all-seeing eye chakra. Guarding the vision of the soul as the soul gains mastery of the Alpha and Omega principle. Surrounding the heart with its twelve petals, we hear the 12 eight. The 128 without the heart and the three-quarter within the heart is the circling of the energies within and out. Five, four gives us into the 10 petals of the solar plexus. For the mastery of water and the movement of water, Requiring great discipline as the test of the ten the two times five of the secret rays the seven four gives us the momentum of the seven chakras as they are played in the scale Finally, the 12-4 gives us the rings of the causal body that form around each succeeding chakra in the course of self-mastery. of the ancient culture of Lemuria the motherland has come all of these rhythms of life in the East we hear the tabla played as it is the playing of the four four time for the release of the white fire core of each of the chakras time is mother space is Buddha and so infinity becomes fractions as day by day the soul puts on its own cosmic consciousness its solar awareness of self by the rhythm of the mother light expressed in the drum compartments of identity hours days moments and the release of all energy in planes of consciousness is governed time is the measurement Of the increments of God's energy for giving and receiving light from spirit to matter and matter to spirit. The time and the rhythm of the drum become the nexus of a figure eight flow, and the acceleration of the release of that light becomes the rhythm of the drum, the rhythm of time. Time measures compartments of space into yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We find then that all of the creation is based upon the mathematical formula of rhythm. When we are outside of the rhythm of life, we are truly outside of life and we cease to exist. The basis of the rebellion upon Lemuria was that the fallen ones could not remain in the discipline of the time of the mother they did not want to release the creative force of life in the rhythm of this sacred flow. We find then that it is through the distortion of rhythm, the distortion of time, and the warp in space that this creates, that worlds collapse, that souls lose their reason for being, that continents separate, and literally systems of worlds pass into the void seeing the record on our own planetary body of cataclysm through the misuse of sound we must learn from cosmic history looking to our solar system we see the asteroid belt between mars and jupiter as the remnant of a destroyed planet destroyed by the misuse of the word the sound of the om. the calling forth of the Om is the containment of the trinity and the release of sound within the om is the rhythm and yet the rhythm becomes one continuous sound Through the correct use of the sound, we govern energy in all of these planes of consciousness that are marked by the seven petaled chakras which are before us. The base is the mother, the next is the soul, the center of soul awareness, then the solar plexus, the center of desire, then the heart, the center of the threefold flame and of our divinity, the throat center the center of the word, the third eye, the center of God vision and the crown of enlightenment. Sound and rhythm is for the attunement of the chakras as the instruments for the harmony of God. Our chakras may be off pitch, sharp or flat. The one who has attunement with a real self, the adept has his chakras vibrating at the correct key for the cosmic sound and rhythm to pass through him. It is the goal of meditation and the use of the science of the word to attune the chakras so that we may be instruments of cosmic spheres, the seven spheres of cosmic consciousness. We find that the chakras correspond to certain instruments and release the energy of those chakras. The bass chakra is the rhythm of the drum accompanied by the voice of mother. Out of the very rhythm of life within our own mother center, we can hear the long lost voice of the mother that we knew so many thousands of years ago. As the mother sings, She is calling to our soul. In the woodwinds, we have the homing of the soul at the level of the seat of the soul chakra. The harmony of the waters of life, the great feeling of the desire of God to be God, which we experience in the solar plexus is realized through the tremendous span of the organ. For the attunement of the heart, we hear the harp and for the secret chamber of the heart, the harpsichord. For the throat chakra of the word, we have the attunement by the brass. For the mastery of the 96 petals of the third eye chakra, which form two distinct petals, we have the piano requiring the mastery of the energies of alpha and omega for singleness of vision for the release of the light of the crown chakra 972 petals for the enlightenment of the buddha the strings music accompanies the flow of energy everywhere in cosmos even in the very cell of life It is truly the soundless sound which we hear only when we are in tune with its frequency. It has control over the lower bodies, over the emotions, the mind, the disposition. According to proportions, it can be soothing, invigorating, ennobling, vulgarizing, philosophical, or orgiastic. The roots of the auditory nerves are the most widely distributed. And to have the most extensive connections in our body There is scarcely a function of the human body Which is not affected by musical tones Music is a trinity of life The power of the Father is established by the rhythm The melody becomes the intelligence of the Son And the harmony, the embellishment Becomes the Holy Spirit Music then is a power that can be used for good or for evil and it is a controlling factor of civilization and its trends. Aristotle said the introduction of a new kind of music should be shunned as imperiling the whole state since styles of music are never disturbed without affecting the most important political institutions. It has been said it doesn't matter who writes the laws as long as the one who controls is able to write the music of a nation.
1: Oh, oh boy, the music of a nation. Well, please stay with us, for up next we'll have our weekly Q&A.
0: Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse the pathway to your ascension? For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now back to the open door.
1: And we are back for a little Q and A. And today it's just you and me, Sid. <laughs> so let's, um, we'll put a few questions out there and see where it leads us. Okay. Okay. Um, we've said that sound is creative. Can you expand on the role of sound in creation?
2: Well, I think one thing we've learned today from both the lecture and, and earlier comments is the power of sound. Mm-hmm. And we know it's powerful because it's literally how the worlds were made. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and without the Word was not and nothing made. So it's it's incredibly power. It's the tool of creation, not only for God, but actually for us as well. And so it has a great power, the, the om, the sound of God, if you will, that permeates the entire universe.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet refer to the soundless sound. Um, what is the soundless that, sound? That's an
2: interesting statement, isn't it? The yes. soundless sound. Yep. <laughs> you hear it, but you hear it not. You only hear it in the secret chamber of your heart, because uh-huh. it, is, it is a spiritual sound. It's not a physical sound. And I love this. I, I, I did look up this when I was looking at your question, Tom. Uh, Mrs. Prophet said this, which I think is an apt description. She said, The whole cosmos is simply quivering in sound, like the very quivering of many tiny leaves on a tree in spring, spring or autumn. That quivering sound that makes us feel the movement of God is actually the universal comfort of life. Hmm. This soundless sound is God's lullaby. Wow. <laughs> and without it, we would suddenly feel deserted and alone in space, without self-awareness and while with, without contact with reality. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? God's
1: lullaby, oh yeah, so that's the sound that holds life together.
2: Gotta think about that one a little bit.
1: (laughs) I like it. Well, you know, we've been using the word sound and music more or less interchangeably, but is that entirely accurate, or is there some distinction that should be made between the two?
2: Well, I think they they are. Uh, There is a difference, and obviously sound can be a generic thing, sound can be many different things. Music has qualities of it. It is organized, it has rhythm, um, many parts of it, a beat and so forth. And so it's someone that's, that's organized sound that comes out as music. And, and clearly sound can be the sound of creation. We also learn sound can be the sound of destruction, mm-hmm. as Mrs. Prophet mentioned. So it encompasses a lot.
1: I was, um, reminded of the, uh, the walls of Jericho. You know, Joshua and his, um, his brass band, Indeed. Guess, you know, pulled it down just by you the power. You
2: know, was given a teaching about that, and it was a very scientific equation. Uh-huh. The number of times they went around the walls and so forth that, that actually did bring the walls down.
1: Well, you remember those commercials, the Memorex, where um, you'd hear Ella Fitzgerald singing a certain pure note and then it would shatter crystal? Right. Same thing. And that's powerful. And Indeed. people don't realize. I uh, read a story about somebody who did an experiment at a hard rock concert. They put a raw egg next to one of the um, um, speakers. Uh-huh. Halfway through the concert, it was hard-boiled. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, um, much of what we believe in practice regarding the teachings of the ascended Masters revolves around the science of the spoken word. Again, a powerful and creative use of sound. In fact, we consider prayer to be the sound and language of the soul. And when spoken out loud, it can unlock the dynamic energy of spirit. Talk a bit more about decrees, if you don't mind, Sid, and what they are, how they work, and the central role of sound in their delivery.
2: Well, when we give decrees and we're speaking out loud, we're adding the power of our throat chakra to the prayer. And, of course, silent prayers are wonderful, too. But you add a different dimension to it. When Jesus was calling forth Lazarus from the dead, he didn't whisper and say, Lazarus, come forth. (laughs) We know what he said. He booming voice. Lazarus, come forth. It is the power of the word. Mm -hmm. And the Ascended Masters teach that this power can be uh, focused and used for the greatest good, not only for our own life streams, but for this planet. And just as there are perversions of sound and the misuse of these sounds, so by understanding decrees and using the scientific formula behind them and imbuing them with the love of our heart and the devotion of our heart, we can literally change the state of the planet, our families, our church, our nation, whatever we want to do. And, of course, there's the other side of that. Remember years ago, the whole uh, crisis in Iran, when there were thousands thousands of people chanting death to America? Yes. That's the perversion of decrees. And what they don't have the power of God behind them, so they needed thousands and hundreds of thousands of people to create that power, because... It to, but we can counteract that through the use of the spoken word because God is working through us to neutralize that energy. And so you understand there's a battle going on. As they say in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's the battle between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand this equation, that the greatest um, power in the universe, the power of creation and sound, there's also a perversion of that. There's a dark side to it. It can be misused.
1: Well, and speaking of the um, the sons of darkness here... <laughs> We do kind of lob this question back and forth um, routinely in our shows. Um, and I'm assuming that I probably know the answer to this, but I'd like to hear what you say. Do you consider music like rock and roll, or even jazz for that matter, to be part of a larger strategy of soul subversion orchestrated by the fallen ones and their minions?
2: Well, well, it is. And as we heard, the teachings not only we read before, but from Mrs. Prophet, you know, so, the, the science of rhythm, it changes society. And of course they start out with subtle changes. Mm-hmm. Um you know what was it, rock around the clock or something that the rock and roll started oh, with. Right, yes, it yes. sounds so innocent. You know Beatles I want to hold your hand. <laughs> you know and again what it does it starts to break down resistance of society and to the norms of society until what happens where we are today the quote unquote norms of society are things that would have caused people 20 or 30 years ago to actually you know to reject out of hand. And so we understand that there is a plot here, there is a conspiracy. And, you know, we're not conspiracy theorists. We know there's a conspiracy of darkness upon this planet. But we need to understand what's going on in order to counter it. You know, we embrace the light, we embrace God, we embrace the proper use of rhythm and the spoken word, and that will counteract and displace this power of darkness. But the problem is, Tom, is people are asleep. Yep. They They accept each increment of darkness that comes forth because it's easier to do than to resist it. And so we have to wake up and understand what's going on. And even though rock music is probably the most pervasive thing in our society, there is hope to turn it back. And we have to change the conscience of the people, and God can do that. And one of the ways he does that is through the science of the spoken word, through the violet flame, to negate the effects of this conspiracy, literally, against the children of light on this planet.
1: Yeah, and we know from what we see, especially those of us who have been around this planet for a while, that they plan for the long term.
2: They do, and they repeat themselves because it works. Yeah. And that's why this time, by God's grace, it's going to be different, because we have the knowledge, we have the awareness, and we have the tools to use, if we will use them, to counteract this darkness, because otherwise we are going to be engulfed
1: with it. Yeah, well, and we've seen what happens when we do sleep. Indeed. Just hopefully we don't wake up too late. Yeah. Um, Moving on to another area here we've talked about, and we heard um, Elizabeth Prophet talking about the chakras and these various centers in our bodies. Um, which of the seven major rays is most closely associated with music?
2: Well, it's the fifth ray, which is the, associated with the color green, which is healing and science. And again, you can see the power of the sound of music for healing. Mm-hmm. And there is a science of music and, and rhythm. And as Mrs. Prophet was talking about. So every, every line of the clock, in essence, has qualities and has got an application to music because they do overlap. But that's the primary one.
1: Yeah. No. And what we've spoken before about the Ascended Master Paul the Venetian. What is his role in bringing down to our level in sponsoring beautiful art, you know, such as music?
2: Well, of course, Paul of is on the third ray, which is on the ray of love, which you think, well, how does that relate to music? Well, art relates to it yep. because it brings beauty. It changes people. This is a beautiful painting, can, can uplift people, so music can, music can uplift people. And, you know, people don't meditate on rock music, you know. No. <laughs> they meditate on beautiful music because it takes them to their heart and to God. And that should be an obvious indication of what we should be listening to.
1: Well, oh, indeed. You know, um, and also we've heard referred to before, um, keynotes. Various of the masters, the ascended masters have a certain, um, melody or song or a tune that they are associated with or is their keynote. Can you give us a couple of yeah, examples? Yeah, it's
2: very interesting because every ascended master has a, has, can sort of be identified or associated with a certain music or vibration. And a lot of times they will inspire, uh, songwriters or music writers on earth to bring forth this melody. For mm-hmm. instance, Paul the Venetian, Uh, You're familiar with the song, I Love You Truly. Oh, sure. It's a beautiful song. And that vibration is the closest to the being of Paul the Venetian.
1: Well, Well, you know, at this point, I think it's probably a good time for us to take a break. But don't go away, because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of music, beauty, and the beast with Sid Bennett. Please stay with us.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
1: And thanks very much for staying with us. Uh, we are back, and today the we is myself, Tom Schumacher, and Sydney Bennett. I'm here. Yes. You know, Terry's um, on a trek right now. He'll be back in a couple of weeks, so do not despair. But I think we're going great with you, Sid. I'm enjoying this very much. Thank you. Now, um, getting to the meat of it here, I think. Why is it that so many people seem to like rock and mule? <laughs> I can't even say it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll music.
2: Yeah, what's the big deal? You know, mm-hmm. I like to go to a concert. I like the loud sounds. I feel good. I oh, like yeah. to be with people. What's What's the big deal? Well, I think we have to understand what happens at a rock concert and with this music. Again, let's go back and talk about the fallen ones. And I you know, I hate to go back there, much rather talk about God, but it's the reality of what's yeah. behind this. <laughs> Remember, they have been cut off from God. They're not getting any new energy from God. How do they get that energy? Yeah. They take it from the light bearers. How do they take it? Well there's a lot of different ways we've talked about. But what happens in the rock music concert? Is the music is designed to draw light out of the chakras of the individuals there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, for want of a better term, it's the rape of the chakras, wow. because it literally takes the light out. And so, the they, when the light flows out of the chakras, there is a sensation created. You know, they feel alive, they feel energy, and so forth. But what they don't, people don't realize, is they're losing God's light, and the force of the rock music. Behind it, either on the physical level or even on what we call on the astral level, which is the darkness behind it, literally sops up that light and takes it. So the people that are there, they feel this light going through their chakras and, oh, this feels good. I like this. What they don't understand, it's unlawful light. It's unlawful experience because they're losing their light. Hmm. And when they lose their light, it affects their health, their being, their spiritual path, their ability to discern between light and darkness, even their understanding. So this is really at the core of the plot, is to steal the light from the light bearers, you know, and that's how it works. And I think we have to understand, too, that many of these rock musicians, you know, have aligned themselves with darkness. It doesn't mean they're fallen angels. It just means for whatever reason, they'd have alive themselves with it. And, you know, I remember many years ago when the Rolling Stones came up with an album, you know, I think it was called Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> well, I mean, that should be some indication of where their consciousness is. Here's a, here's a clue. And, and that's mild compared to what goes on today. It is. You know, mega death and everything else. And, interestingly, Mrs. Prophet gave a teaching on a lot of the rock musicians. As she said in her lecture today, it literally caused cataclysm. And, mm-hmm. and literally the sinking of Atlantis and the Myria were part of this. And she said that many of the people that were part of that, uh, movement on Atlantis that, that caused the sinking of Atlantis, Atlantis have not been allowed to reembody for these 10 or 12,000 years. And they are being allowed to come forth at this period to get one more chance.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
2: what happens, unfortunately, they get back in embodiment. What do they do? They go right to what they did before, which was the perversion of music and the perversion of light through rock music, whatever you ca- want to call it. And so there's much more to going on here. It's not just a simple expression of, gee, I like the sound of that music. And there are varying degrees, of course, of it. But we need to understand the equation of what happens. And, you know, the, the, it's, it's serious for us and our souls to lose that light all the time.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, repeatedly, especially the young who have so much, such a reservoir of it to begin with. And
2: by the time they get old...
1: And got much left yeah boy oh boy you know i when i was researching this program i was looking at some of the um lyrics for some of the songs that um even to my ear, seemed relatively innocent and, and until i realized and pieced them together i was astounded to find these messages were very clear i mean they're they're rock musicians who are multimillionaires who call themselves the prince of darkness yeah they're not hiding this. no it's right out in the open it's right out in the open well um how do we get the negative effects of exposure to rock and roll out of our systems?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we're all exposed to it. I think the key is, number one, as much as you can, stop listening to it. You know, you can't go to a store without hearing it hardly. Yeah. But, in, you know, in your own places you control, stop listening to it and start listening to classical music, or musical that has a beauty or a rhythm to mm-hmm. it. And, of course, you know, whatever we've done, we know it can be healed. The violet flame is very powerful to transmute the negative effect of this rock music on our souls. It can heal our chakras. It can protect the light that is there. We can use the science of the spoken word to rebuild our force field, if you will. And that's what we need to do. And God will work with us on that to give us that light to to strengthen ourselves again. And, of course, we have to be cognizant or careful we don't lose it again. Um, But there are ways to be healed. And and I want to say one other thing, Tom, and and I think (laughs) you alluded to this a little earlier, but... You know, the pervasiveness of this rock music almost makes you feel like, you know, this is impossible. You know, we're never going to turn this (laughs) thing around. I mean, it's everywhere, and it's so widely accepted. And you're always considered a freak if you speak up against it, you know, you know or, or, or a fanatic or something. Yet understand that things can change, and they can change quickly. When we use the science of the spoken word, when we draw light into the equation, light is the alchemical key. It will change the equation not only of rock music on this planet but every other form of darkness that is here. And that is why it is so important for us individually, not only for our own spiritual path, but for the planet to become pract- practitioners of the proper use of sound to counteract the of misuse that's going on. And remember, when God is involved, it is much more powerful than the hundreds or thousands or millions of people that are misusing it.
1: Well, I mean, it's a very powerful point to make. And, you know, there's something else I think we should point out here is that we are not condemning anyone who is involved in any way with rock music. I mean whether on the creative end or the receptive end. Our concern is that people understand that this type of music is not always innocent or without power or impact. And you know, we've used the analogy of diet and selecting carefully what you choose to eat to illustrate the point of being careful about what we put into our bodies. I mean, it really is the same with music, isn't it?
2: It is. You know, if people knew better, they would do better. There's a lot of wonderful people and lightbearers involved in rock music, you know. Because they believe the lie, you know, and they haven't had the discernment or the awareness of what is really going on. They haven't been able to, to gain the understanding or the wisdom. And, of course, because, you know, there is that release of light through the chakras, through rock music, there's a certain, you know, pleasurable aspect of it. Um, but when we understand that, I think people would do differently. And, again, it's so pervasive, it's hard to, to, to people to even discern that. You know, it's interesting that... You know, you see these people with headsets, or they're not headsets anymore. I guess they're earplugs these days. I whatever, earbuds, whatever yeah. You know, but, but they, they're listening continually. And so, it again, it affects their ability to even think clearly, you know. And so this is a wake-up call. And, you know, it's not just don't do rock music because it's bad. Understand what it's doing oh. to you and understand its impact and its power and why we need to do things differently.
1: Oh, agreed. And if you've ever seen pictures of some of the aging rock stars, you know, they look ancient. They look lined and wrinkled. And just, Well, they look like The Walking Dead. Well, they do. And um, I know, and you, you may know this as well, that for a number of years I was involved in opera. And um, I would be around musicians who were classically trained, and, you know, classical musicians, essentially, or, or orchestras, uh-huh. um, symphonic ensembles, etc. And these people were ageless. There are so many who were unlined, and they had this beauty in their aura. The light that came through their eyes was incredible. And many, many musicians live well into their 80s 90s and are able to perform at a very high level even at that point.
2: You know, that's true, Tom. I to mean, go to the symphony and look at the people. Yeah. They have become their music. Mm-hmm. Go to a rock show and look at the aging rock stars, and they <laughs> have become it as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to mention one thing here that I haven't had a chance to yet, and that is that God and the masters have inspired people to bring forth great music. You know, Beethoven obviously was an instrument of this tremendous release of light through his symphonies. And, um, you know, he had kind of a rocky life, if you look at it. And he didn't, do, he didn't do everything right. But he was the instrument to bring forth, it literally is, heavenly music and celestial music. Mm-hmm. And you can see the power of it. And, by the way, there's more of these symphonies to be written for the people to draw down this light and this from the higher realms. It's out there, if someone is ready and willing to do it, as Beethoven was and some of the other great composers.
1: And you, uh, for me at least, I know that there are some pieces I can listen to over and over and over again, and it's like I hear it anew each time. There's some very essential beauty inherent in or this. coca Bells of music.
2: Canyon, yeah, oh, that's gosh, yeah. such a gorgeous piece of
1: music. And which is why everybody loves it. Yeah, exactly. you know, once you hear it, they go, "Oh, I want to hear that again." Well, and guess what? <laughs> Another hour has just flown by, and I'm afraid it is time to kind of wrap things up here. I want to thank you, Sydney, for filling in for Terry, doing the the, the two seat version today, one in the Q and A chair and the other in the co host chair. Thank you very much. I hope we do this again.
2: Well, we will, and uh, we're looking forward to Terry coming back, but in the interim, I look forward to it. Yeah. And for all of us here, we hope that you, our listeners, find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Remember, we always welcome your comments, questions, concerns. We do. Web, excuse
1: me, (laughs) (laughs) webradio
2: at tsl.org. That's webradio, no space, at tsl.org. And be sure to join us again.
1: Yeah, and as we sign off today, uh, we would like to leave you perhaps with this little prayer. Indeed, in.
2: we pray to our Heavenly Father and Mother to give us the understanding and the wisdom to know what is right for us and to bring forth the will of God, not only in our personal lives, but throughout this planet.
1: Amen. Thank you. And remember, everyone, that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone. Have a blessed and victorious week. We'll see you again.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week for the open door this program is broadcast live every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america seventh wave channel for more information about the open door and the summit lighthouse please visit our website at www.tsl.org we'll see you again next week